late at night, late at night on long trips when I'm driving, right? She'll sit up front with me and I'm driving and she'll go, well, it's late at night on a long trip. So I'll just sit up front with you and keep you company and help you stay awake. Mm. Five miles down the road, she's sound asleep, right? right next to me, helping me stay awake. So this is what I do. Pull into the first rest park that I come to where the semis are idling with their lights on. Pull nose to nose with the semi. <laughs> Throw the car in neutral, hit the gas and go, ah! Welcome everybody to another episode of Chris in the Classroom. I'm Chris, this is my classroom. Hey friends, joining me in the classroom today, we are continuing our series on using humor to build resilience. And uh, joining me in the classroom today, we have none other than uh, nationally touring comedian, author, all-around good guy, uh, John Branion. John, how are you, sir? You forgot to mention how good-looking I am. Oh, that's I am so I am looking at you right over the uh, the computer screen here. So <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely, Chris. and and we appreciate uh, appreciate you joining us. So let's jump right in. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, just how you got started in comedy and um, you know what you did beforehand and how you went because this is what you do full-time correct right so yeah, yeah tell us about that journey how that all started um, well I think that that uh, people are created uh, differently every every one of us is created differently and some of us have we all have different gifting um, everybody has a gift and just like music or art or uh, being able to cook all of these things are gifts and you can develop them some people are just better at them than, than others if you have a gift and humor comedy is a thing that that is also a gifting and so I've been able to make people laugh since I was a kid and so the transition between um, working at the print shop, which is what I did before I became an official full-time comedian and becoming a comedian was pretty easy uh, because I just, I'm supposed to do this. I, I just know I'm supposed to do this. And when you get people throughout your life who are saying things to you like, tell that story that you told before or uh, tell that joke that you told because you tell it better than I do, when those are regular occurrences in your life, then you start to get the message that this is what you're supposed to do. And so I decided uh, back in 1990 that I wanted to try my hand at open mic, which is a, um, it's sort of like purgatory. If you've never, <laughs> never been to an open mic, um, it's like, it's like intentionally um, consigning yourself to go where God is not. And so I went to an open mic just to get out of my system. I did much better than I anticipated that I would do. Um, and so I, one thing kind of led to another, I kept going back and eventually I started getting paid to do comedy. And eventually I started getting paid to do comedy further and further away from my house. So it was difficult to maintain a day job. And now I'm on your podcast. So that's how it <laughs> career just taken off, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, you, you touched on it. So, comedy and wit and just being funny, that's always just kind of come naturally to you, right? 
yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just the way my brain works. And a lot of times people will ask, well, how do you, how do you come up with material? How do you think of that stuff? Um, I don't know exactly. It just is how, how my brain functions. Yeah. It's um, interesting, but not a bit helpful, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but it pays the bills for you now, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um, how did being funny help you out when you were a kid? I mean, you know, especially going through the teenage years, you know, teenage years aren't easy for anybody. And right. you, you have to have, I think sometimes a, a certain level of a sense of humor just to be able to deal with life. How did that help you out when you were a kid going through middle school, high school, those formative years? Sure. Well, the, uh, the, the thing that you have to get um, when you're young and, uh, and you're being bullied. My dad was a, uh, was a teacher, and so I got bullied from the time I was a little kid by people that I didn't even know. I would have kids, older kids, come up and make fun of me, and they would bully me, and they would pester me, and I didn't even know who they were. Um, I was bullied by strangers. I didn't have the benefit of being bullied by friends and peers. Um, but it's, a, it's an attitude, and my parents were instrumental in explaining to me that it doesn't matter uh, what other people think of you if those other people are wrong. And so there are going to be people who come up and make fun of you for all sorts of stuff. Some of it's legitimate, some of it's not. Um, but at the end of the day, if somebody is criticizing you, that's what bullying is. Uh, as long as they're not making physical contact with you, as long as they're just saying things to you, um, if there's legitimacy to what they're saying, then you can thank them um, for their for their observation, and you can take it and actually it will help you develop as a human being. If there's no truth to what they're saying, then you just let it go. You just ignore it, and uh, that's how I coped with it. There was uh, a few times when I could um, when I could engage somebody for for their act of bullying and because I do have a bit of a, I do have a bit of a wit, um, I could turn that back around because what I, what I learned is that everybody who's bullying me, everybody who's singling me out for some fault also has faults of their own. And uh, that was a huge revelation for me. It's like, oh, this guy who's making fun of me because my, my pants are too short, um, is wearing a shirt that doesn't fit him correctly. And so everybody, everybody who's criticizing has things that they can also be criticized for. And uh, once, I, once I figured that out, um, it sort of leveled the playing field. It sure does, absolutely. I, I, that's such a great perspective to have on things. That's, that's so good. Um, now, as, you, as you've gone through the, the steps of comedy, and everything, you know, I know you said you did some open mics and I'm sure you've done your share of comedy clubs and, and things like that before you're, you know, before you've gotten into churches and, and big things like that. Um, you obviously have had hecklers, you know, the, just the, the typical haters from the crowd. Um, how have you dealt with them? Because, I mean, when you're on stage, you have to be, you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism. You can't just, you know yell cuss words back at them and tell them to go somewhere and all that. 
how have you dealt with them maintaining that professionalism, but also, um, how do I want to word this? But also keeping the humor in it, keep w without losing the rest of the crowd and keeping things funny. Yeah. Uh, hecklers are not really excellent bullies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's true. They're not, and they're but they're they're typical bullies. And once you have that insight that the, the, the reason they're doing what they're doing is because really they don't have a very good self-esteem. They don't have a really good idea of who they are. They're not completely comfortable being quiet and letting somebody else be in the spotlight. And so that's why hecklers speak up because they want to make the show about themselves. Yeah, you just have to call them out and put things in perspective for them that people paid money to come in and hear what I have to say because I am a professional. I have put hours of thoughtful consideration into this material and it's good material and you have done nothing except pay a cover charge and have a couple of beers. So be quiet and uh, let the pros do what they do. Right. Awesome. So in my book, um, I kind of outline a, a couple of different factors, uh, important factors um, with you, a couple of important factors to keep in mind when for kids to remember when using comedy or using humor, using wit to get out of uncomfortable or bullying situations. Um, and one of them is, you know, keeping in mind that if you want to make jokes, you need to be able to take them. Um, so can you just kind of touch on that fact and also maybe a little bit about using self-deprecating humor and, and why that's important? Yeah, well, that's a great point. The, the thing that takes away the power from bullies is when you acknowledge your own uh, flaws, your own, because we all have them. Everybody has things about them that make them weird and quirky. Everybody does stupid things. Everybody says stupid things. Uh, and when you do that, when you acknowledge it first, when you go, look how disjointed my nose is. Look at my, look how my socks don't match today. Look at how funny my haircut is. When you acknowledge it first, then the bullies have no place to go. And one of my things that I learned how to do really quickly was acknowledge that, yeah, I'm, I was short. I was short growing up. And so I, I lived in that. Yeah, I'm short. I had really thick glasses growing up. Um, and I acknowledge that too. Yeah. Look at, look at my big glasses. My glasses cover my entire face. Um, and when you, when you call out, when you are aware of your own flaws and you call them out first, you take away all of the material that bullies have. If I've already made fun of myself for everything that's obvious um, and I've done it better than the bullies are going to do it, <laughs> um, then it's over. You don't get, I don't get heckled very often in comedy clubs. I don't get heckled on stage because I cover in the first minute that I'm on stage, I talk about how stupid I am. Look at, I am, 
this is what a loser I am. This is how dumb I am. I do this and this and this and this. And so what are you going to say? You know, when you start, what are you going to yell at me? Because I've already claimed all of the, all of my weaknesses, all of my, uh, all of my flaws for myself. And uh, you don't have anything to say to me. Right. And, and you're not doing it out of, you know, self-hatred because you, you're not doing no. it because you hate yourself. But just like you said, you're saying it, you're getting it out of the way because you're embracing the fact that, hey, yeah, this is me. <laughs> sorry, you know, I'm cool with it, you know, and, um, and like it, it exactly like you said, you know, when we talk about bullying, uh, and when I talk about bullying on stage and everything, you know, bullying is just an imbalance of power. It's somebody who's just trying to figure out a way to have power over you. And right. if you're beating them to the punch, then you're taking the power away. And just like you said, they have no way to go. Um, you're, you're, did you read my book? Because you're, you're hitting everything that I talk about in there. So. <laughs> no, I did not. Okay. <laughs> um, um, the second thing is, is uh, it, it takes effort. Um, you know, sometimes you, comedy and, and being funny and, and just having that quick wit, it, it doesn't always come easy to everybody. You know, to, to guys like you, and, and it's always kind of come easily to me in different situations. But for some people they want to try a different approach. They're just not sure how to do it. And humor right. may be something they can do. So what kind of advice would you give to adults, kids, whoever, who they want to be able to have that material, those go-to lines about themselves and their own insecurities, but they just don't know how to get there. Yeah. A uh, couple of things. One, always, every now and then, you're going to run into a bully who's witty and funny. Um, acknowledge that. If somebody comes to you and says a line that's a good line, um, acknowledge it. Even laugh along with them um, because you got to give credit where credit is due. And if they say a particularly good line uh, about you, they make a really good crack. Um, remember it and use it later. You can, uh, you can turn it around because you get bullied again and you can use that line. Um, that takes a lot of power away from them because if you start firing their own material back at them, um, now you're back on equal footing because you are, you're using their, their own words, um, and embracing them. It takes all the power out. They, and then they it puts the pressure on yeah. them to come up with new stuff. So the now they got to come up with down. another. That's okay. right. Now they have to come up with new material. Um, the other thing that is really effective um, and is kind of along the same lines is when you laugh along with them, when you when you embrace everything that they're saying, if it's true, if it's true, th then there's there's no harm in. If it's true, there's no harm in embracing it as true. What I will do um, is if somebody, whatever statement somebody makes, um, and so if somebody comes along and says, you know, Brandon, you're a, you're a idiot, you're a moron, I will just say, yeah, I agree with you. What should I do about that? 
Mm. And you've, now you put it back on them. And it's, it's sort of what you were suggesting before. If you force them to keep saying things, eventually they're going to, they're going to say something stupid. Yeah, I'm a moron. What should I do about that? You know, are you teaching classes? Um, should I take a, should I, should I take a course from you in how to, it, it, as long as you keep asking those questions, you are ratcheting up the chances that they are going to say something stupid. I love it. That, that's such a good, such a good approach. Um, well, and it, it also saves you, Chris, it, it, it saves you having to go in with prepared material. Hmm. Um, it's, it's good to have a line or two. If you can think about it in advance, if you know, for example, that you've got a big wart on your head, um, you know, people are going to mention that stuff. So notice what's weird about you and then have a line prepared for it. Um, but if you, if you don't have a line prepared for it, um, then, then ask questions. And the problem with trying to go in to a bullying situation with prepared material is a lot of times bullies will go off the script, you know, and if you're, if you're, it, it, it makes you, you'll have anxiety um, mm. if they start to come at you with things that you're not prepared for. And so it's more important to have an attitude that says, yeah, I'm open. If they're gonna if they're gonna criticize me, I'm open to 100% of the criticisms that they levy at me, and uh, and I'm just gonna return with a question. I'm just gonna say, yeah, what do we what do we do about that? Or uh, how do you what do you suggest? What do you suggest I do to uh, to avoid that? Nice, almost yeah. like uh, almost like you're asking them for help, but in right. a way to shut them down at the same time. So, cool. Um, because I do think that humor is the correct response in, uh, in bullying situations. Okay. Because, and, and what I mean by that is not necessarily that you're going to deliver stand-up material back to the bully, but, but you have to have a sense of humor in that you can't take what they're doing seriously. You can't give any weight or value mm. to what bullies are doing. Everything that comes out of a bully's mouth is a joke. And as long as you, as long as you acknowledge that, as long as you know that that's what's going on, you are talking, you are talking to somebody who is not to be taken seriously. There's no, there's no reason to give any weight to what they're saying. It's all a joke. And that doesn't mean that you have to respond again with stand-up material or really, or really quick wit. But your attitude towards that bully is, yeah, you're not going to, you can't hurt me because nothing that you're saying to me has any weight. Um, there's, you have no, you have no point. You have no teeth in your, in your arguments, in your statements. One of the things that I told my kids growing up is you have to pick three people that you allow to speak into your life. These are three people that you trust. These are people that can say whatever they want to say to you and you will accept it. You trust these people because you know that they're not going to do anything to hurt you um, intentionally. Um, they're, they're going to tell you the truth um, because we all need a source of truth in our lives. 
once you know who those three people are, and by the way, your dad is always one of those people. Right. So that, that leaves you with two. Um, mom should probably be a good one too. Mom, I count mom and dad as the same. Okay, um, so parents, okay. Right. But once you have those people in your life who can speak to you and tell you the truth, everybody else, um, you take it with a grain of salt. And so if somebody comes up to you and says something, you can evaluate it. You can even take it to one of the three people and say, hey, this person just said this to me. Is there any truth to that? And get their opinion on it. But you can't let people affect, um, you can't let people affect how you think and how you feel about yourself because they're not trustworthy people. They are, they're doing what they're doing to better themselves. Um, and most of the time, bullying isn't even personal. It's not really about you. It's about them. And they're saying what they're saying to make themselves feel better, not even necessarily to hurt you. So you can't worry about it. You, and, and once you have the attitude, it, it makes bullying goes away. Uh, you don't, you don't even, it doesn't even affect you anymore. Yeah. You become, you become invulnerable to, to bullying. And once you become invulnerable to bullying, this strange thing happens and people quit bullying you. Right. They just quit. They leave. They, they started leaving me alone when I was about fifth or sixth grade because because I was no fun to bully. I, I never cried. I never broke down and I never yelled and screamed and fought back. I was uh, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. And when and when you don't care about bullies, um, they go away and they go find somebody who does care. Two things that you said. Um in that and it goes hand in hand with what we teach the first thing is you didn't say it verbatim but you danced all around it and it's the old phrase that that we we still use and and that we still believe in wholeheartedly sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me you know right. you didn't come right out and say it but you danced all around it and we love that phrase because it's still so true but there's so many you know the quote-unquote experts out there that like no words do hurt and words do wound and words do kill and it's like well okay they can if you let them right but just like you said you don't have to and if you just like i love that perspective of how you taught your kids you know pick those three people in your life that you go to for for that feedback for that um just for that relationship that you allow to speak in your life. And if it's not those three people, then, oh, well, and run it by them. And that triggered another point, which we talk about uh, with all the laws and everything that they're trying to change with bullying now and, and everything. And they're just making the punishments harder and harder and harder on the bullies. They're not giving any support to the victims. Right. And it's, and that's the that's the approach that we really take is empowering the victims and teaching them the coping skills and giving them a place to go and, and finding those people they trust so that when they go to an adult, you know, because one of the biggest common approaches is if you feel bullied, go tell an adult. Right. And it's like, OK, well, I'm telling you, what are you going to do about it? But rather than going to an adult and saying, there he is, there's the bully, go get him go to the adult and say, Hey, this kid said this, 
is it true? Do you believe that? You know, how should I respond to this rather than, uh, you know, a law and order type approach? So I love what you just said. That was absolutely awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I, I do. You, you have the power to completely eviscerate bullies yeah. when you don't react to them because it's no fun to talk to somebody. It's no fun to make fun of a person who doesn't react. Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't react, if you don't get mad, if you don't, even if you don't go and tell anybody, if you don't, if you don't go and tell a teacher, if you go and tell an adult, then they know they got to you. If you say nothing and do nothing, um, then they, they go away. It's no fun to, to bully somebody who refuses to be bullied. Absolutely. Well, John, I appreciate your time. I really, really do. And I thank you for your insight. Is there anything else that, that you want to add here before we close up shop? Uh, the, the only other thing that occurred to me as I was getting ready to talk to you today, I actually did think about this a little bit in advance, which is unusual for me. <laughs> I appreciate that. Usually from the hip is that bullies, um, bullies are not always wrong. Sometimes people will come up to you and they will say things in an unkind way. They will say things in a condescending way. They will be mean to you. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. Mm. And so if you have uh, the position, if you take the position that even people, uh, anybody can come up to me and say a thing and I will evaluate whether or not there is truth in what they're saying. And if there is truth in what they're saying, bullies can serve the purpose of helping you knock some of the rough edges off of your personality. Bullies, are, bullies can be useful in that if there is something that sticks out like a sore thumb about you, if there's something that you're doing that is really, really noticeable and odd and... Uh, and quirky, everybody uh, is noticing that about you. So we, we do that. We notice things about each other. Everybody judges everybody else, whether we admit it or not, we judge each other. And a bully is the person who comes along and says, hey, stupid, you know, your pants are too short. You know, your socks don't match. And that's weird to wear mismatched socks, or it's weird to wear black socks and sandals you know, with a bathing suit. It's weird to do that. And yeah, it hurts your feelings and it makes you feel bad, but it's not wrong. And so if you're dressing in a way that makes everybody around you go, man, he's dressed like a weirdo. Don't you want to know that? Yeah. I mean, don't you, don't you want to know that you're doing something that makes everybody go, man, that's weird. And so use what bullies are telling you um, with the possibility that they could be right. And uh, because they're not always wrong. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And so I, I, learned, I learned a few things from bullies when I was growing up. Um, I learned that I, uh, um, I would sometimes stick my hand up and say completely stupid things in school, things that were completely off topic because they just went through my head as something that needed to be said. And I would stick my hand up and it was a kid that sat on the other side of the classroom who, who laughed at me uh, and said, Brandon, that's the stupidest thing anybody has ever said. 
and it hurt my feelings and the rest of the class laughed, but he was absolutely right. And after he said that, I started thinking, okay, before I stick my hand up and just blurt out the thought that's coming through my head, does this make sense within the context of the conversation? Or am I just saying things because I want to hear myself talk? Mm -hmm. And I learned that from a bully. Sure. And, and not to allow bullies to dictate your entire life and make you change, you know, but it's like you said, well, if it's true and if it's something that, hmm, if I change it, would it better, you know, my entire, my life, would it better my environment? Does this make sense to change this? And going back to what you said before, running it past, you know, those couple of trusted people, then, then yeah, absolutely. It can be, it can be healthy and, and it can be a good thing, but it's in the mindset of taking it as, okay, this person is just pointing out something to me rather than looking at it as, oh my gosh, they hate me. They hate everything about me, you know, right. and just, just keeping that mindset correct. So that's, that's wow. Yeah. Well, and there are going to be people who are going to hate you for absolutely no reason. Sure. And, and knowing that makes a big difference, made a big difference for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why do these people hate me? There's no reason to hate me. And, yeah. and you hate me anyway. So that's kind of on you. You know, if you just go around disliking people um, for absolutely no reason, that's on you. That's not on me. Sure. And then it all, I mean, it, it's all subjective anyway. It's all subjective to what you think about what the people are saying to you. So, and if you right. don't internalize it. Very cool. Well, John, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, if, if people, if my listeners, if they want to, if they want to see you live, if they want to find out more about you, where can they go? Website, johnbranding.com. Well, thank you again for uh, being with us today. Um, really, really appreciate your insight and your time. So thank you so much. And for all my listeners, class is dismissed.